Coming up, Carl Kutzer on new beginnings and wicket celebrations, while Carlton wins the Women's Premier League. All that and more on the Cricket Scotland podcast. Ball out there, give Hamilton any wits, he'll take you. Captain Catherine Bryce comes under it, she won't make any mistake. That's the first wicket for Scotland. Six to win, and Richie Barrington has finished it with a six. And that's the win for Scotland, they've secured the Super over. Oh, must be out. again from me and Clara today. Great to see you fresh from the finale of the Women's Premier League just <laughs> yesterday as we record this. How are you doing I'm today? I'm not sure what fresh is the word for that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> here in one piece. Well, yeah. we will be talking more about the Women's Premier League a little later on and looking back on some incredible games in the men's leagues too. Uh, but first to our interview of the week. Carl Kutzer is a cricketer that needs no introduction and Brocky and I were delighted to catch up with him the other day for his first big interview since his decision to step down from the national captaincy was announced. Hi Kyle, great to have you back on the Cricket Scotland podcast. Hi, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks to be here. Um, always nice to join you for a chat. Oh, brilliant. Well, we've got a few questions to throw at you about various topics. Uh, but it's really hard to find the words, first of all, to properly sum up everything that's happened over the last few months, let alone years. Uh, I mean, to congratulate you for what you've achieved as Scotland captain seems not enough. So why now, first of all? What was your thinking behind the timing of your decision to step back from the role? It was something that had been on my mind, but I don't think you can ever find the perfect time, if that, if that makes sense. You know, uh, I did, however, when I was in the U.S., uh, see how well um, the leaders leaders within the group had, were operating together, and how they were operating. Um, you know, although you know Richie and and Crossy have now been decided to be uh, captain and vice captain, I could see how even Richie, on his own, was working with with the bowlers because um, he's often in the firing line in the field. And he's right next to them most of the time. And then I also saw Crossy, how he was operating with, with Richie. Uh, and I could see that um, there was a good connection there in terms of the, the senior players in, in the team and how they're working together. So for me, uh, it sort of became really apparent that right now, if there's ever going to be a time, now's not a bad time. And yeah, look, I just want the team to be in the best place they possibly could be. And, and I know they'll be well looked after with the senior players we have amongst that group as well as being led by by Richie and, and Crossy. And and you're still very much part of that too, of course, that next chapter going forward. I mean lots to look forward to still. Yeah, I hope so. I still feel like I'm playing playing pretty well. Uh I guess one of the the reasons of you know thinking about moving on the captaincy was that, that I give my game the, the priority it, it deserves uh, and the time that it, it deserves. So I wanted to to try my best to to perform at the highest level I possibly can for um, for the team and, and and also for myself as well. I've got pride in the way I play. Well, let's look back a little bit over your time as captain. I mean, everyone listening will have their own favourite memories of your time as skipper, different innings, different games, England, obviously, Zimbabwe, Bangladesh. Um, I'd like to talk to you about something a little different, if that's okay. When I was writing the book that Gary and I have written, uh, still available in all good bookshops, uh, some, some bad ones too, probably, um, you, you were actually the first person I spoke to um, over lockdown. I called you up and we spoke for about an hour and a half, two hours uh, uh, that first time, which you gave me so much information insights it was it was really fantastic and there were some stories too and I would like to ask you about a couple of them because I remember when I transcribed them I laughed and then every time I wrote them up and edited them I laughed again uh, so they've always stuck in my head so we're back at the 2015 World Cup and the first one concerns the game with Sri Lanka and Dushmantha Chamira coming on to bowl and the other begins with you going out to bat against Australia uh, yeah, okay. The, Chamir was a, a a replacement, I think, for Sri Lanka in the World Cup. If I'm, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that was 
because uh, the, the reason I remember that is because we were discussing in our, in our analyst meeting the players that we're likely to face. We're playing at Tasmania. What's the wicket going to be like? And the, the analyst um, discussion went through all the bowlers and then, then it came to Chimera and it was, oh, he's, he's a late replacement, unlikely to play, but if he does, he's a medium pacer. He bowls you know, probably 80 mile an hour or something like that. And the, the conversation kind of quickly moved on from that. You know, we watched a couple of clips and, and yeah, and then it moved away. Uh, we were, on the day, we were playing, playing Sri Lanka and, and Chimera, I, don't, I was already out by this point. Malinga had got me cotton bowled. And uh, Ali Evans was sat there because we'd bowled first. And a couple of other lads were like, oh, look, we're at the top of the... I think Kula Sekra had opened the bowling for them. And, you know, our bowlers were on the top of the speed gun. You know, I don't know what it was, maybe 83 miles an hour, 84. I don't know. Um, can't remember exactly. And the guys were like chomping at the bit there. Like, oh, yeah, we're at the top of the speed gun. And the Chimera came on and said, oh, well, he's not going to beat it. He's only, you know, medium pace. And all the lads were just sat there and... Um, this first ball goes down and there's complete silence in the in the dressing room. <laughs> and some of the lads are like, oh my God, like the ball's just flown through. I think he's just shy of 90 miles an hour in his warm-up delivery seat, from what from what I remember. Um, uh, it took it took a few of us by surprise. And, you know, it's funny seeing the guys' reactions in the dressing room and you sit there and, and at Hobart, you're sitting sideways on. And it's funny to just see the guys' reactions just thinking, well, he's not medium pace, is he? The ball's just absolutely flying through. So, yeah, we had a few reactions and a few gutted seam bowlers that day because they, they quickly got knocked down the pecking order in terms of the speed gun that day. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember um, how, we, how we bowled in the day, but I remember Freddie Coleman. Freddie Coleman got 50 or 60 batted really well that day. Um, Richie, Richie probably got a few if I'm, if I'm not not correct um but yeah that, that that was my memories from from that day i mean i might have described it a bit better to you the last time we did it but yeah there we go it was some, <laughs> something along those lines as far as i remember um but it's always funny when you see a cricket team sitting sideways on because it, if you're sitting behind the arm you don't really get the reactions if you're sitting sideways on everyone's all of a sudden the backs of the chair you know oh my god what's going on here that was um part of the, the issue at uh, playing Australia as well, wasn't it? I, I seem to remember you telling me that, that Paul Collingwood had talked about it being sideways on at Hobart and, you know, not to let that worry you. Yeah, well, that was the same thing. Um, obviously, we knew the, the Australian team had some some pace in their attack. And, yeah, Collie had been telling us, look, you're sideways on, it's going to look fast. But, honestly, it's not as bad as that when you get in there. And... The first ball, I was facing it. So the first ball I remember is, well, I've gone into the game thinking, oh, I'm in a bit of form here. Look, I can get a few against Australia and hopefully we can put up a fight and and push them as far as we can. And the first ball, Mitchell Stark's running and slung it past my head and I've like, you know, turtleneck into the shell, gone down. And uh, I kind of managed to turn around to see the keeper on the 30-yard ring or probably just outside jumping above his head to catch his ball. And and my reaction was, well, I played it all right. Like, that was fast. I played it all right. Walked down. And I can just see, well, Callum McLeod always describes my eyes as being, like, so wide open as if, well, what's going on? And, but I remember seeing his eyes, and his eyes were just as wide as mine. And I was thinking, oh, God, that must have been quick. And I'm just tapping the pitch down. I had no footmarks on it because it was the first ball of the game. But I'm just tapping it down just to try try and get some composure there. <laughs> and uh, the crazy thing was, as I was facing that, and Callum, Callum was facing Pat Cummins. Pat Cummins was bowling into the breeze at Hobart, which, you know, there wasn't much of a breeze, but there was enough. And stupidly, in my mind, I thought it was going to be much easier if I got down the end to face Pat Cummins than it was face Mitchell Stark. So I think it's a lose-lose situation there. So my experience, that was my experience in the middle. And then I remember when I came off, only later did I find out that what happened after that first ball, you know, everyone was there, everyone was fully padded up, playing Australia. 
well, not everyone's fully padded, but the guys are ready to go in three and four. Everyone's watching. No one's missing this first ball. And as Collie said, it's going to be rapid from the side. That first ball goes down. Apparently, the expletives that came out of Collie's mouth didn't fill anyone with uh, <laughs> with any confidence as the ball's flown past my head. So, yeah, that I think it was probably... I'm glad I was in the middle facing it because if I was on the sideline seeing it, you know, it, I'll be honest, it can send the shivers through a few players when when the ball's whizzing past your head at night, man. The, the, the crazy thing about that day was Mitchell Stark opened the bowling. He was, you know, he was the best bowler in the tournament in the world at the time. Pat Cummins was a bit younger, but coming into the scene and is currently number one test bowler in the world or has been recently. And I was trying to get down to his end. And the thing is, Mitchell Johnson hadn't even come on yet because he was the first change. So <laughs> I felt sorry for those lads. Those lads facing up. L- lucky if they were facing Shane Watson, Glenn Maxwell and so on a wee bit later. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's the other part of the story. Is, was, I think, we, you know, we would have been a few down in Josh Davies batting Michael Leask. And, you know, they got through, you know, M- Matt Machen and Coleman and, and these guys had battled through and they they kind of got through. We were a few wickets down, but by the time Shane Watson came on, it was all guns guns blazing at that stage because no one was going to be blocking 80-mile-an-hour deliveries from Shane Watson and Maxwell bowling off spin. So, yeah, Josh Davey had to tell Leesky to stop playing so many big shots against against Glenn Maxwell because we need to keep him on. We don't want Starker <laughs> coming back. So, yeah, yeah you know, Crazy but fun times, you know, like um, playing against those guys is a, really is a, another step up, you know. And what what gets me is the likes of Kane Williamson. Barely a month later, was playing a test match against Australia with the Red Bull in Australia. And he's facing these guys and having to try and bat all day, you know. And we're, we're just getting exposure to these guys facing that kind of pace. Like we've all faced the bowler bowls 90 mile an hour. But to face three off the bounce is a different ball game, and to play them in Australia, so yeah, it was it was certainly tricky, and uh, probably out with a number of our guys' comfort zones at the time. Um, but you know, things move on, and guys get more experienced and learn from it. Yeah, I mean, they did move on. Of course, that's such a such a crucial part of Scotland's story that 2015 World Cup. So, so when you look back as your memories as captain this is probably a really hard question to narrow it down to a memory but what what's your your favorite memory of an incident of a game of whatever of your time as captain yeah I'll be honest like you tend to you tend to always remember the more recent ones but I think one of the more recent ones is probably one of the the most special if I'm being honest you know like the the England games up there you know that in terms of beating you know a side who's and ultimately goes on to win the World Cup a couple of months later is a, a pretty special achievement and and the way it was the way it was built up from the the coaching staff and one day we will be England why can't it be now and you know the changing of our mindsets and how we needed to play the game um, the build up of the year or two even before that was all leading towards that that victory but I can't to be honest I can't really go past the feeling of getting through to the Super 12s when, when Richie hit that final boundary to, to win that game. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of effort put in by many people and there's been a lot of people who have been part of it and now long, no longer part of it, but they played their part, you know, and you just just felt so much satisfaction and, and pride to to have done that and done it the way we did, you know, topping the group. It wasn't you know, getting through in, in second place and, and run rate, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it came down to us having to beat Oman, who are, who are a strong T20 unit, a strong cricket team, and a very dangerous team in their home, in their backyard, you know. So I think that, you know, there was so much, as much as you try and play it off and, you know, so, associate cricket, is you, you have to manage the pressure every game. There's always something on it. That, that was just complete relief, really. You know, we, we just thought, oh, we're beating Bangladesh. And then we beat PNG. And he thought, well, that's almost should be good enough to go through. And it's not. And we're having to be ready to play Oman. And yeah, it was. And, and I think the way we did it, you know, um, I guess against Bangladesh and seeing a Chris Greaves put his hand up, someone who hasn't played for Scotland yet, 
have the ability to do that. Um, and people stood up at different times during that World Cup phase. So, yeah, I think it's probably that moment. And is that going to be the the overwhelming memory, you think, when you say 10 years' time, when well, you'll still be younger than me in 10 years' time uh, than I am now, so you won't be quite in your rocking chair. But, um, I mean, it, it, is that what you're going to be thinking, looking back on your time as Scotland captain? It's going to be that that feeling, that uh, that memory. Yeah, it's it's definitely lucky you know we've we've been part of probably some of Scotland's most successful years really and and you know that doesn't and I said it when when I was stepping down as captain said it to the players actually when I told them in a I was hoping to tell them at the ground um but Safi being Safi and he's times master he he had already called it and said right lads on the bus in 10 minutes and I was still practicing or whatever so when I got back and I told Shane that I was going to tell him and, and I got back to the dressing room and guys are already in the bus, you know, Saki's like, right, on the bus. He, and he's really good with it. You know, he's strict and you have to be strict with your times and stuff. And so I was like, all right, okay, well, that's not going to work out. Then what, what are we going to do? So we're off to somewhere into Houston somewhere to try and find this this gym um, that's got like a cryo chamber, which which is basically just a really cold room and an, ex- an excuse for people to sit in comfy chairs and pretend that it's giving you a massage and the, the ice cold, you know, um, rooms giving you, you know, benefits for the next day. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to do it here. So I, I told them all in a car park in Texas uh, outside a gym, which was, <laughs> which wasn't <laughs> how I thought I would, I would let them know, but it seemed quite appropriate for me and my, uh, my character and, and, you know, um, I guess my lighthearted ways at times and you know it still had a, a, a serious tone to it and uh, my messages were were around the I, I said the captain doesn't define a team the players do and for me you know there's been lots of nice things said said to me about my stint as captain but the it, ultimately it's been down to the players playing the way they have and and supporting all the way you know that that's what's made the team you know and um, everyone stood up at, at, at a certain point so um in terms of a a memory you know there's so many so many of them and um really yeah really proud of what what we've achieved you know the victory against zimbabwe was a big one as well victory you know it might go unnoticed the victory against Sri Lanka down at Beckenham was a start of a really powerful run. And uh, I was, well, my wife was due to give birth to our, our second child and I wasn't meant to be playing. I'd sort of, you know, we'd put myself as a, a reserve really and, and we would ask Con to captain that game. And yeah, like it was a really special moment, you know, that Con could lead Scotland and and you know, essentially that was a real starting point for us of how we how we wanted to play the game. And we we aggressively attacked Sri Lanka with a a barrage of quick bowling um, that we had in our ranks and we still do. And uh, I think it just set the tone for how we want to play our cricket moving forward. Excellent. Um, one thing I wanted to pick up on was just when you were mentioning that game against Oman, it is my favourite photo in Scottish cricket history now already that hug that you shared with Beryl after the game and it if you just look at that photo you can just tell how much it means for both of you and obviously you've played so long together and to have that moment together on and and there off the field that that really sort of stuck out to me when I was uh when I was going through those photos um just how much that meant um for both of you and to do it together as well. It seemed like it was just that a real sort of moment in time. It was uh, really good to see. Yeah. The, you know, the, the, I guess the emotions going through were, you know, absolute delight and, and almost sometimes a little bit of relief, uh, but um, pride, you know, there's so many different emotions going through at the time. And uh, I just remember that, you know, when he hit that ball, we all went up, you know, in complete elation and the feeling was just out of this world, really. And, and yeah, that, that kind of just all all came down to came down to the end of the game. And, you know, and when we sort of saw, you know, it just it was just one of those moments, you know, it's like bloody hell, we, we've done it. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we shared shared a really, you know, 
special moment there, but as did we all, you know, at that time. And, and obviously that was that picture maybe highlighted um, the years of work that, has, that have gone in, not only from myself and Richie, but from a number of those players that have played a huge part. You know, you know, you get you got to think of, you know, many of those guys like Callum and, and Crossy being a part of this for, for a huge, huge length of time. And um, people like like Ali Evans, who also has been, you know, and he, he was unfortunate not to feature as much as he wanted to. And Safi, you know, is exceptional. So I think we all shared really powerful sort of embraces at the time. But, but that one, yeah, it's a, it's a, I guess the picture is a, it can really highlight um, a lot of the effort that's gone in over the years and the the prides that 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 we have as a team and and um, I guess the bond me and Richie have created over the years and um, yeah he's been my VC or he was my VC now he's he's captain but he was my VC for a number of years so you know we we shared a lot of a lot of interesting conversations over the years of how we're gonna defeat teams and how we're gonna try and get this team to play and and it wasn't just us but it was the whole team so it was a, a special moment for us all. Excellent. Now, on to more trivial matters. Uh, and this one's a real personal one for me. Uh, why does the social media admin have to type out Mirgus every time that you score 50 or 100? Can you please talk me through every... Because every time I go to do it, I go to type Kyle or Kutzer, and then I realise you've got Mirgus as this name instead of, instead of Kutzer. So can you please just talk me through that one? Uh, well, I... And- Obviously, my name doesn't come up when you put my actual name in. It doesn't come up with uh, at Mirgu. So I don't know. You're the you're the specialist, so maybe you can explain to me how I could change that and make it easier. <laughs> um, uh, it's just been a it's just been a name that that stuck. To be honest, uh, my time at Durham, uh, a guy called. It's actually quite convenient because we're going to be playing against New Zealand in a couple of weeks' time. Paul Wiseman uh, was Durham one of Durham's off spinners. For a couple of years and he decided that I was a bit meerkat like for whatever reason and he was in Scarborough Durham were playing in Scarborough against Yorkshire and he, he won this toy in a in a grabber at Scarborough he's obviously put in 50p or something like that and he's pulled this pulled this meerkat out and he just handed it over to me and he said well I think this is you you can have it and it kind of just stuck and then there was a thing with Ian Blackwell and Ben Stokes and a few of the guys amongst the dressing room. Everything at one stage stage was called Goose. So then my my nickname just evolved to me a Goose, and that was the time that I was sort of what social media, what's this? I didn't really know what it was, um, and yeah, it kind of just stuck to be honest. So it evolved from Meerkat to Mere Goose, and yeah, that's where your problem started. So. <laughs> We can maybe adjust it as we as we go along. I don't I don't know how we do that, but um, that that toy that teddy is still in my cricket bag right now. I take it everywhere with me. It's been all around the world. Maybe I need to show him a bit more respect, actually, uh, because you know the sometimes the cricket and gods, you know, they work in funny ways. And he's he's one that if if things are things have been tough or whatever, um, you know, I'll just make sure he gets a decent seat in the dress him so he could see what's going on but I've forgotten in recent times although I'm still scoring a few runs and maybe I should just show him a little bit more because I've got some some runs to score in this next series give us some airtime as well we want to we want to see the um see what, what your biggest support is yeah exactly well, well Rocky, um, he's, he's been on he's been on fire pits he's lost an eye he's been we were in Ireland at the end of season trip with with Durham and he's been dunked in pints of Guinness. He's he's literally been everywhere. And that probably the worst place he's ever been in is I came, I turned up to the ground at Canterbury one day when I was playing for North Ants. And there was just a, a, a like a litre Coke bottle with the top cut off on my spot. And it was completely, it was filled with water and completely frozen. And I was like, well, that's bizarre. Why is that on my spot? The guys had taken him, put him in a litre of Coke, well, a litre of water, and stuck him in the freezer, and I, I couldn't see what was in it. So you know, it's got like the frosty outside. So I had to scrape down the outside of this litre bottle, and all I could see was this frozen meerkat in the uh, in the middle of it. So he's been hung off balconies at Worcester. He's been he's been everywhere. So yeah, he's got a bit of character. And he was he was actually 
taken hostage. Um, he was left at Kent, and he was. Do you, do you ever remember the cricket? Was it Cricket AM? There used to be the program Cricket yeah. AM. Yeah. And he was actually a regular occurrence on there because there was held hostage, and pictures were posted on social media of him on a dartboard in various other places, and they were sort of running a story with him. So he's been everywhere. Excellent. I got a couple questions from your uh, teammates. One is, which I don't know the answer to, uh, what songs do you always want played before a game? Is it Mark Watt asked that question. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I, I usually ask for something a little bit upbeat. That's normally, okay. normally what I go for. Um, a bit of Red Hot Chili Peppers is, is not, not the worst shout. I like it. Uh, another one of your teammates, which just seems it, it seems a bit mean spirited. But what's your favourite decade that you've played in? Given that you played in three different ones, favourite decade. <laughs> um, I'm going to say it's going to be the middle one, just because I can do. <laughs> nah. Yeah. It's all. It's all be great. I, I, I'm interested. No, who's sorry. Sorry about the cuckoo clock going there in the background. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Maybe, that's that maybe showing my age, is it? That's convenient about the decade question. Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure I'm going to answer that. I don't know. I don't know, but I appreciate them going with it. Next one I've got here. What meant more to you, your 108 not out against the UAE or the wicket in the following game? <laughs> well, I think the... The wicket certainly had more impact on averages. I say the wicket, <laughs> and I, I did. I did feel sorry for Gav, Gavin Main because uh, um, we've all dropped drop catches like that, and that was that was quite an awkward one. So, and he came in as twelfth man. There's nothing worse than a catch going up as twelfth man. But it was it was a shame because you couldn't you couldn't see my uh, my celebration. It wasn't on the on the video clip, but if you did see it, it probably would have looked a bit like Darren Stevens. I reckon you might have. Might have been confused who it was. Uh, speaking of celebrations, now that you are a verified all-rounder, have you thought about more wicket celebrations? Because you're obviously going to get a bucket load now. What Have you thought about different ones, getting a wee vintage celebration? We talked about celebrations last week with Chris Soul and we gave him the advice that he needs his own celebration because he keeps stealing from other people. But have you thought about your own celebration, your own brand? I've I've kind of gone the Alan Shearer, you know, just the one arm up, yep, running yep. away. I have had a few, I would say, Imran Tahir moments during my club years where I've where I've run off, uh, and I did that. I actually did that in Nairobi when we were playing Kenya, and we couldn't get a wicket all day. It was about forty degrees, and Skipper was desperate. He brought me on the ball, and I bowled an absolute searing yorker. But how I'd normally describe it is. It was an anti-skill Yorker because I was actually just trying to bowl a length ball and I bowled a, a Yorker of doom. And I went off running and the whole team was chasing me around the, the oval in, in Nairobi um, out of complete surprise. And then I happened to happened to bowl, bowl someone else next over. So the celebration started. And I, I was that ecstatic. I nearly took my shirt off like a footballer and I had to sort of pull it back down. So I need to work in mine. I did enjoy Soli's... Was it the crossbow, uh, yeah. the bow and arrow? Yeah. But who, he, did he steal it off someone else? Yeah, that, he that said that was from an, an AFL player that he stole it from. So I feel like it's like you're not going to get a completely original one, but I think if you can find one that you like and give it your own little, your own little tweak, your own little kutzer yeah. magic, I feel like that is that's the way to go. I, I following this. This chat, I'm genuinely going to consider what my my options are because I've been on. I was on a barrel yesterday about um, bowling at Clydesdale. He knows I've got wickets there in the past. I mean, he's he's been one of them. So, uh, <laughs> in a really game, so uh, I'm I'm certainly putting my hand up to have a have a bit of a jam roll when we get uh, if if he needs someone. So I'm going to be thinking about Brocky. So get your cameras ready. I'm ready. Last question I've got. Uh, this might be a tricky one for you scenario situation second half of the season is just about to start in Scotland and you're being drafted you're saying right you have to come up and play in Scotland this is it you have to come up play club cricket in Scotland uh, when the international is not on 
you had to pick a club in Scotland, who would it be? But caveat, because I know who you are going to say, Stoney would have said, look, our batting lineup's full. <laughs> we can't get you in. You're going to be playing twos if you do come here. So you can't play. You're not playing for us. You can't get a ball for us either. So Stoney was out of the question because Shane said, oh, if you're not playing first team cricket, we can't pick you. So uh, if it's not Stoney Woods, you had to pick a club to come and play for up in Scotland, who would it be? Who would it be? That's a really tough question because you've thrown a few curveballs in there. You really have. I, I'm, you know, to give me, because I'm somebody who likes to think about my answers a little bit, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the Cricket Scotland app that has all the teams and all the scorers on there to give myself the best choice. So it has to be a Premier League side. Yeah, East or West, East or West. In the East or West. Wow, okay. <laughs> Stony would obviously would have been my, my first answer. Yeah. I'm not allowed that. You know what? I'm not sure I could I'm not sure I could go to the Grange because their team is already packed. I'm not sure I'll get a ball at that team or a bat. <laughs> um I've spent enough time with Ali Evans over the years. <laughs> um so I'm not gonna go to Carlton. Four for sure, played played there far too many times, but the tees could sway me because their tees are, are exceptional. So that's 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 an interesting one. Um, but I feel like half of the Kelly team have always come from fourth, so I think I want to mix things up just a little bit. So what am I left with? Uh, I'm left with someone like Falkland or Broth. Mm-hmm. Our broth always had good memories for me. Used to like batting there. First time I ever nicked off and no one appealed and uh, I wasn't out, so that holds some good memories for me. You know what? World-class tees as well. World-class tees at our You know what? It's a ground that I've never, ever played at since I've moved. And I've always liked, liked Sterling. But I'm going to say Sterling. It's a really left field because of the location, yeah. middle of the country. Yeah. I've never played at the new ground. I've never, I've never even been there. Uh, but I, uh, there's just something about it. Good memories as a youngster at the old field. I, I'm going to go Sterling. I'm not going to ruffle any feathers there. I'm going to go right in the middle of the country, give me access to both west and east. No, Sterling's a good chat. And it's a lo- it is a lovely place to play, uh, not only from a cricket point of view, but the setting is outstanding. It's very picturesque. So uh, I like that choice. I was really hoping that you'd come play with me. I thought I thought that might be the angle you'd go down, but well, well, yeah, I'll get over it. The, I know you've, you've scored a few <laughs> runs, so my worry there is you're putting me under pressure because I'm going to have to, I'm certainly going to have to buck up my ideas and get some more wickets. Um, I would enjoy you stood behind the stumps for me, actually. Um, oh, yeah. I know you've been doing a bit of that. I could I make you feel rapid and just stand back to you, just, just, Give you all the all the backpacking in the world. Just uh, kind of so fast. I'll take it up here for you. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be on your knees if you want to try and catch up with Wade Pike. I'm bowling. Now, Brocky, look that, that I might a slight oversight from me there, but perhaps Watsonians was was an option. But I I think I would have maybe slipped by there because I'm worried because that those those clips I'm seeing from from your social media, you really put me under pressure as a as a batsman having to compete with you well my ego is just going through the roof right now but uh no thank you for that yeah that's that that's all the questions i've got for you today thank you very much Kyle. absolute pleasure a 38 not out for you last last innings brocky i think it was no it's not also, that's the 7th of may <laughs> that was my first innings <laughs> no i had a i had a, I had a lean a lean Saturday, seven or something against fourth, but I got uh went up to your old enemy on Sunday in the cup and got a wee forty four red to to get over the line. So um what what I think what I think the, the listeners might appreciate is the um the the regular weekly messages from, from Brocky asking how how we can get into the Scotland team and and uh, just a reminder of how many he's got each weekend. But there's a couple of weekends he's missed. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's got a few weekends in there that he's told me what, what he scored. Uh, and Please. 
you know, asking asking what he needs to do. And he, he, you're pretty happy to be an opening partner for me if, if Munzi wasn't feeling well. I've had I've had the the pleasure of playing against Kyle. Um, I say pleasure. Um, I've had the opportunity to play against Kyle. I've had the opportunity to train with Kyle. Um, and uh, as a as a leader, absolutely sing the praises as everyone else has done. But just as an individual as well, um, it's intimidating going into a setup like an international setup, um, even on the fringes. But as a, a captain um, and as a as an individual, just couldn't have made the environment more welcoming and easier to to get involved in and gone from someone that I always looked up to as a player um, and as a, a leader to someone that I now am able to consider a friend. It was um, uh, it meant a lot to me at the time, and uh, and now it's uh, just great to be able to send you messages every week saying, look, I think I'm good enough. I think I've got a shot. Um, uh, but you made that really easy um, from what could have been a really um, intimidating uh, environment to go in. So for that, uh, thank you very much. And thank you for all that you did for Scottish cricket as captain and what you'll continue to do as a, as a, as a player. Thank you, Rocky. That's really really kind words from you. So, so I, I can now happily admit all those times you got me out of practice, I was doing it to make you feel welcome. I was chipping them back to you and hitting them straight yeah. up in the air. So, so now, now you know, now you understand um, that the way, the way I am and the, the person I like to try and be, you know, I'll obviously train hard and work hard, but cricket, you know, although it, it is a job, um, in some aspects, you know, you've got to enjoy what you're doing. And, and I, you know, not that I've necessarily worked a, a nine to five job perhaps, but, um, or in, in other areas, you know, I've, I haven't got that experience, but you've got to make sure you enjoy the environment you're in. And if the people in your environment are, are comfortable and, and feel welcomed and, um, they'll, they'll add to that and, uh, it'll make the whole thing a, a lot healthier. So it's something I always try to do. Sometimes I don't do it on purpose. It just kind of happens, which I guess is maybe a good thing. Uh, but uh, we've got a good group like that that will um, will make it, make the effort. And the fact that you remember so vividly how it was when you're entering that group um, and and helping us, like we got to thank you for helping us as well uh, and, and putting your efforts in. So... Um, but yeah, it's it's really comforting to know that that's how we how we made you feel, and and hopefully we do that with with others. So I'll continue to hit easy cotton balls to to guys when they when they turn up and give them something to go home with. Kyle Kutzer, an absolute legend of the Scottish game and an absolute legend of a man as well. Very much looking forward to seeing how his story continues. And Clara. Also writing their names into the history books are Carlton, women's Premier League champions for 2022. Yeah, I have to admit that when we bowled them out for 106, I think it was, I thought, you know what, maybe we've got this. And then, yeah, we just played an accidental game of dominoes and fair play to Carlton. They bowled really well. As much as it pains me to say, <laughs> they deserve the win. And no, I'm happy for them. They've done really well this year again. Yeah, it, it has been a great season for them so far, hasn't it? Um, and against the odd sort of season too, after losing that first game against West and then being without key players for much of the campaign. Um, I don't think, I mean, looking back, that they ever put out what you would describe as their full strength side for one reason or another, which is pretty incredible. So it was excellent pivoting on that victory against Northern Lights up at Manorfield. And, uh, well, who knows? We could even see an unprecedented double-double if they can keep that form going into the Beyond Boundaries Scottish Cup too. I was obviously at the game yesterday and, and saw you there, and I was really impressed with the bowling of both sides. I thought that RHC bowled really well, first of all. That was our best game of the season. It's just a shame that we saved it till last. Like, that is what we could have been doing every single week obviously theoretically, but we know that we've got talent in our field and it's just a shame that we didn't get to showcase that this year as much as we possibly could have. But no, I'm really proud of the girls and we filled it with 10 
So to bowl Carlton out with 10 girls on the field, every wicket was special. And I know that it was a little bit cringy, but it it was. It was after having such a tough season to play a really competitive game, at least in the first half, was good. Yeah, it, it was a great effort. I mean, to keep Carlton to the score you did on a ground with with that really short boundary on one side as well uh, was was terrific. You haven't mentioned a, a particular moment of a... Oh, is this my cue? Is this my cue? So, um, okay, for everybody listening, um, I this was the second time I've ever kept in a in a Prem game. And I said to the square leg umpire, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is only my second game. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, I'm not joking. It's my second game ever. And then two balls later, I'm going to use the word blinder. Because <laughs> I stood in complete wrong place. I was stood way too close to the stumps for the base of the bowling. And it just came above my head, straight into my hands. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's my win. <laughs> that's my catch. Um, yeah, I celebrated that one hard. <laughs> it felt good. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it up. <laughs> uh, 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 well, and the beauty of it is, of course, is that you can watch it again and again on CS Live because it's uh, it's still up there on the on the videos thing there too. Might um, turn it into a live photo, make it my lock screen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I mean, as you say, Carlton's bowling was exceptional in the, in the second half. I mean, Zara Danku initially, and then Saskia Aldridge, who took a hat trick in her five for five. I mean, it was some performance. And after it, I caught a word with the winning captain, Annette Aitken Drummond. Well, Annette, congratulations. Some game and some way to win the title. Yeah, oh my God. I can't believe that we've won that match, actually. We've obviously we were put into bat first and I don't know what it is about this ground, but we just seem to get very nervous. It's a bit of a bogey ground for us and RHC um, always put up a good game against us. So yeah, I was a little bit panicky that we didn't have enough runs on the board, but our bowlers have just gone out there and done an incredible job for us. Zara's bowled incredibly well, Saskia's come in and bowled amazingly, and yeah, just a very, very happy captain today. Fantastic. I mean, when we spoke the other week for the preview, you described yourselves as the underdogs. How much does it mean to, to win with everything that you've had to deal with over the course of this uh, this season? Yeah, we were missing quite a few players for, for various reasons. Um, so for the full, it's been a real full squad effort and everyone's pitched in and it's just been fantastic to see, especially the youngsters stepping up and doing a job. So really, really great team performance and a great squad. So a little break just now and then defence of the Scottish Cup begins. Yeah, uh, we've got Watsonians first up, so that'll be a great game and... You never know, we could do the double again. That would be pretty incredible. Well, congratulations again. Enjoy tonight. Thank you. There were plenty of other great performances in the Women's Premier League on Sunday too, which we will touch on, I'm sure, a little bit later on. Um, So as someone then who was at the heart of the action this year, Clara, what have you made of the competition as as a whole? I've had a phenomenal time during my first season. It's been so good to get to know all of the girls who play, to play some really good competitive cricket. I think there's a little bit of work to be done for next year. I think there's a lot to take from how things have worked this year that we can take into next year um, just to make it that more exciting and that more competitive. I think we've got a really good base level already. As Rosie Sen has featured at the ground yesterday, there's so much room for the women's game to grow. And I think this year was a really good starting point. There's obviously been some incredible individual performances, incredible team performances, um, but also lots of scope for players and teams to grow as well. And I think it's in a really good place to go somewhere really exciting. And it's good to see the start of that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. It's certainly the most competitive uh, league that I've that I've seen so far in the years that I've been covering it. Um, and yeah, it does bode really well for the future. And for the Cup, of course, some really fascinating ties first up, all getting underway towards the end of the month. So let's bring in Saturday's cricket, where we saw wins for Forfarshire, Harriet, Grange, and Watsonians, and that rarest of beats, a tie between Carlton and Falkland in the East. Uh, 105 and 4 for 14 for Grange's Chris Greaves, and 5 for 28 from Stumel's Shalem Pillay in there. While in the Western Premier, Fergusley, Langside, Clydesdale, Prestwick, and Air came out on top. I might be mentioning a couple of those games in a moment. So, Clara, what's your pick then of the weekend's bunch? So I am going to the uh, Women's Prem this week and I'm using uh, Rashini Prince Navaratnam and Hannah Rainey for both scoring tons for Dumfries and Galloway against Watsonians on Sunday. 
Um, Rashini scoring 105 off 86, not out, is pretty incredible. And then Hannah Rainey scoring 109 off 72. Pretty good knocks from both of them. <laughs> Would have been really nice to see if I wasn't playing myself. But yeah, they're my pick for this week. Very good choices, I think, there. Uh, I mean, for me, it could have been Fergusley. Fantastic last over win against Sterling County, who seemed to have no luck at all when it comes to these tight finishes. But I'm going for Mike English of Air, uh, an unbelievable performance to take his side over the line against Dumfries with a six off the last ball of the match. 134 not out, proper fairy tale stuff, and all over social media if you haven't seen it already. Unbelievable, Jeff. Although uh, I had actually predicted that win, so it was never actually in doubt. So talking of uh, predictions, I'm just going to say that very quickly and move on. Talking of predictions <laughs> that are too close to call, but we're going to call them anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts then, Clara, for next week? I'm going to the East this time. I'm going Heretz versus Grange. And I think CS Live is predicting a Grange win. So to be difficult, I'll go for a Heretz win. Um, and that way, whichever team loses, can't blame me or the maths. <laughs> It's going to be really fascinating, actually, because all the Scotland players, of course, will be out away on national duty. So, uh, yeah, to see see which of those two teams comes out on top of that battle will be will be fascinating. Um, and for me, as I bid for uh, my hat trick, I'm going for Uddingston against Stirling County. Two really good sides, Uddy, who are on a good run despite last weekend's loss, and County, who, as I said before, have been really unlucky to end up on the wrong side of some tight games so far. But I am going to plump for Uddingston. Um, when I was there earlier in the season to see them against Air, their home advantage, their knowledge of their own conditions was really apparent in how they defended their total. And although they've been missing a few key men recently, in Moa Wais and Money Bikpal, they've got two really class acts. So I'm going Uddingston to continue to make the most of the run of home matches they now have after spending five of the first seven weeks of the season on the road. But there's one other big event to look forward to next week as Meagle take on Cheshire side Orvenley in the last 16 of the Vonius Village Cup. It's a competition that holds plenty of happy memories for supporters of Scottish cricket. And Meagle skipper Charles Clark joined me to talk through his side's campaign so far, beginning with the Scottish leg of the tournament. Well, it was a good win. Good winning against Butte. Well, it was good that they were the end of the competition this year, actually, because also they were as it has been for a good few years, it's just been sort of freaky, Falkland, us, and well, Dune have been in the last few years, but they couldn't get a team together this year, unfortunately. So, you know, it's good to have Butte playing, but but yeah, so that was a good win against them at, at Meagles. We put on a, quite a big score, 400 and something. And then, uh, yeah, so no, it was good good to have them in, a good, good bunch of guys. So. so after that win over Butte County, Falkland was next, a much tighter game for the Scottish title. Yeah, no, that was another, another big game, another... Well, yeah, good victory that one, actually. It was pleasing to get a good... Well, they were a good good side they had out that day. So, you know, we uh, bowled pretty well to... Well, as I always say, it's all about taking your chances, and we did that pretty well. Bowled them out for 70-something, I think. And then quite, quite a low-scoring affair because we were then got the got the win five weeks down. So, no, it was, it was quite tense, actually, in the in the chase. But, but no, it was a, no, it was a good win, so... Yeah, classic low-scoring thriller, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, that took you through to the the next phase of the competition and Yorkshire side Carlton Towers' magnificent performance to see you through then to this stage. What do you uh, what do you remember of that? That was one of our best games. I think we've certainly put together this season, if not one of our best needle performances. To be, to be perfectly honest, with bat ball and in the field, whereas normally we'll do two of the three or something like that. We've never quite put three out of three together. So no, that was uh that was pretty pretty impressive actually. So put on a big score, two hundred and twenty odd for eight and then we bowled them out for 110. So you know and it was pretty pretty convincing because they were they were a good because they were in the semi final two years ago actually. So so I mean they're a, a proper proper side. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean hundred and three from Majid Rashid and five for twenty eight from you in that uh, in that win. So Alvinly is next up, runners-up in the competition in 2021. It doesn't get any easier. Um, so what are your thoughts looking ahead to Sunday? Yeah, that'll be that'll be a tough one, but obviously we back ourselves against anyone really at playing at Meagle, so no, looking forward to that one. And having spoken to their captain last week, actually, they, they lost to Carlton Towers, I think, 
three or four years ago. So we can take a fair bit of confidence from that, knowing that they obviously we've been the one well, we can get one over them. So now we're lo- lo- yeah, looking, looking forward to that one. I mean, the Village Cup does have very special memories for, for Scottish fans of a certain vintage now, uh, it must be said, I suppose. Frukey's famous win at Lords was the best part of 40 years ago now. Um, but what long, does... Long before I was born. Yeah, <laughs> not before <laughs> I was born, I'm afraid. Um, but what, what does the tournament mean to a club like Meagle with, with all the history you have and to the, to the village, uh, the community as a whole? Yeah, no, yeah it mean, means a lot to the village and... Yeah, and the and the club. You know, it's been well. We we weren't in it for quite a few years actually. I think because of the the regulations and players that could play and couldn't play and whatnot. But no, it no. It's, it's always been it's always been a big one for for the village and always get a good turnout. And you know, it means means a lot to the club and many that are certainly as you say, many of the the older older generation at the club. But no, it means a lot, means a lot to to the village. So. Well. All the very, very best of luck from all of us as you carry the flag forward. Hopefully all the way to Lords. Uh, we'll be watching with interest and picking up the story again, I'm sure. All the very best from us, Charles. Thank you very much. Charles Clark, and you can follow the game live via Frogbox streaming on Sunday, or even better, go down to the game yourself. All kicks off at 12pm. <laughs> OK, this week I'm dedicating my goodbye to... The two lovely Carlton fans who recognised me from my giggle at the women's prem game yesterday. And it's made me giggle again. So bye-bye to you two and you two only. Everybody else, I'm joking. (laughs) See you all next week. (laughs) 